Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Jillian here. I'm so thankful you carved out time to join me today. I've got a message that is going to be so practical. I truly believe that if you can implement some of these things, obviously make some adjustments for yourself, personalize it for you, but take in some of the things that I'm sharing today. And I promise you, you are going to understand what it looks like and what it feels like to live in that supernatural peace that Jesus says is ours through him and his spirit within us. So get ready, get ready for today's word. This is going to be super practical and I know it's going to benefit you in your everyday life. I promise. Matthew 6 34 says, so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I want to share with you how I've lived this out practically in my life and how I've helped others do the same. Maybe you already know this, maybe you don't, but I am a certified life coach and for several years I worked with people one-on-one. And so this is something that I had to train myself in before I was even a life coach. This was something that was already a part of my life and I used these tools to help each of my clients because a lot of the clients that I had were people who were just very busy. They had many different working parts in their lives and they were feeling very stressed. And when I came in and I partnered with them, we talked about what season they were in, the things that they were responsible for in their life. And some of the things that I'm going to share with you today is what I shared with them and they felt freedom and peace. They, they learned what it looks like to live in this everyday life, worry-free and peace-filled. This isn't so much a spiritual message, I guess, but a very practical one that I promise you is going to help you spiritually. God does not want us to live in worry. He wants us to seek him, live righteously, and trust him with everything else. But the truth is, is we also have daily responsibilities that can knock us out of peace and into worry really, really easily. Am I right? I mean, I live in the same world you do. I have tons of responsibilities just like you do. When I was a single mom with four kids under four, I had to get really organized and it took some serious discipline on my part in order to manage all the different working parts of my life. I can tell you that those years have trained me for the season that I'm currently in. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm actually stepping into a different season this year, and it's requiring me to be even more disciplined and really survey and analyze a lot of my responsibilities and delegate a few things out and let some things go. I am, I'm, I'm moving into a place of peace with the busyness of my season. I'm not totally there yet because I'm working through the adjustments. I'm in a stretching season where I'm like, learning some things that are new and I'm also having to maintain some other things and you know so 
basically what I'm doing in this season is knowing that it's a stretching season for me, knowing that it is a new type of busy. I've never been in this place before. It's requiring me to be very intentional with chasing after that piece that I know is rightfully mine. And so these messages are actually on point in my season because they're good accountability for me as I sit down and I kind of reflect on what I have going on and, um, prioritizing and reorganizing um, a lot of my responsibilities and things like that. So this message has been really good accountability for me to pray through and prepare for um, because I'm stepping into, like I said, this next season and it's requiring me to make a lot of adjustments. There's no way I'd be able to manage the season of life if I didn't train myself in discipline, which we talked about last week. And then learning to establish boundaries and scheduling according to my season, like we're going to discuss today. So quick backstory, if you don't already know about my single mama years, if you do know, and this is a repeat to you, I'm sorry. (laughs) But long story short, um, my ex-husband became increasingly unhealthy and unsafe due to substance abuse, as well as emotional abuse and physical abuse. And after almost 10 years of I'm not kidding, pastoral help, professional counseling, marriage help, marriage conferences, everything you can imagine, we had the tools and the guidance and the support, um, but he didn't want to yield to the process, and he really just didn't, he didn't make any changes, and honestly, over over time, he got worse. Um, So there was one moment where I literally had to file for a restraining order because he just went completely and totally crazy one morning. It wasn't that odd. I've, I've experienced bouts from him. I think it was just that moment of truth where I was ready to look at it and be like, no, no more of this. This is not okay. The kids are terrified. He was pounding down walls, breaking down walls. I actually ran into a bedroom with my 18 month old on my hip. I'm in my pajamas. Um, my fourth child at the time, he was 18 months old. And um, I had to run into the bedroom and shut and lock the door so that I could call the police. And he barreled down the door, totally broke it, and ripped this is landlined years. I, I didn't, maybe I had a cell phone. I don't know. Either way, it doesn't matter. I was using a landline to call 911, and he ripped the cord out of the wall. The cops did show up and things like that. But anyway, so I had to get a restraining order. I couldn't get him to leave. And from there, I filed for divorce. Um... And through that process, you know, I did allow the restraining order to be lifted once the judge ordered him to anger management, parenting classes, and supervised visits, and things like that. And the whole point was for him to go through, you know, just this process of growing and learning and becoming a healthier person so that he could have more time with the kids. Um, And rather than following that court-ordered plan. He he also had um, supervised visitation that he was also court-ordered. He was not allowed to have the kids by himself until he went through the programs, the parenting, the anger management, and the therapy sessions and things like that. Um, And actually, before our divorce was even final, he ended up meeting a college graduate in a bar and ended up moving out of state with her, never came back. So... (laughs) Basically, I I was left with all the responsibility of four kids under 10 to completely rebuild my life. I worked nights as a server. I attended online school. I ran different seasons at different times, but it totaled to three side businesses, um, one being a health and wellness coach and then eventually a life coach. So 
basically the point I'm making <laughs> is I had to get really, really organized and I learned a lot about not worrying about tomorrow. I mean, we're talking somebody who financially was in a very scary place, very scary, full responsibility, both mom and dad, school, work, bills, kids, emotions. I mean, you name it. It's so easy to be thrown into the season of life and worry about tomorrow. I mean, there were, I'm not kidding. I mean, I lived not knowing how I was going to put gas in my car. I lived not knowing how I was going to make that next payment. So I can testify that it doesn't matter what season you're in, whether your life is good or in serious devastation, we can learn what it looks like and what it means to live for today and not worry about tomorrow and really, really trust God with everything. This took time, this took intentionality, and this took discipline on my end. And then I also had to understand what season I was in. So with that being said, I'm going to share with you the very practical scheduling method that I implemented in this season in order to have some visual accountability where I could literally see what was going on in my life on a daily basis. Um, and this is also what I helped my clients with. Now, here's my little side note. I do not use a smartphone for a calendar. I realize a lot of people do that. That may work for you, but truthfully, I hate it and I may never use it. I mean, maybe I'll set reminders on my phone like I see other people doing, but for me, I have so trained myself in this calendar method spiral old school calendar method where writing it down has actually been way more beneficial to me because I can visually see it and I can also mentally um, just release it to the fact that I already wrote it down so it doesn't have to take up headspace so we're going to talk about that okay so that's what I do I use a spiral calendar that has the full month in boxes as well as pages with the dates and extra lines for even more space so I've like the daily um, different pages, you know, so you have the big month overview with all the little boxes. And then I have the daily pages that have more lines and more space so that I can write out like the time blocks of my day and the little responsibilities that's not going to go on my big calendar. I also make sure it has a lot of margin space for little notes and additive, additive thoughts and things like that. I need space for appointments, random notes that come to mind as reminders, as well as pages to write out each day's responsibility. And so the big calendar with boxes, that is my set in stone appointments, like doctor's appointments or when my husband's going to be out of town or what I have going on in my children's life, like those things that you know you have to work your daily life around because you've got a meeting or an appointment or something like that. I, I don't put emails and office work and house cleanup and laundry and all those things on that big calendar. That is strictly the regular appointments. If my family's going to go out of town, uh, if somebody's in town and I've got guests in my house, stuff like that. So that's my big, my big overview month with all the little boxes. And then on the daily thing, that's where I literally list out all of the responsibilities for a day. So I take in consideration any appointments or meetings and time slots. And, you know, you might think this is totally ridiculous, but I even write down Jesus time, workout, house pickup, water plants, text, and the few people that I know I need to text that day. I, I write out everything for two reasons. One I like to see all the check marks by the end of the day. It feels really good. And you know what? I'll even put shower on there. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
ridiculous. I write shower on there, but again, I like to see the check marks. I like to see all the crosses. And again, it just keeps structure and order to my life. Not that I'm being legalistic about everything, but I just list it all out. I go into detail of what I need to do in each day and what needs to be taken care of. Literally anything that I can think of goes on those lines. And here's why. If it's written down, it's not consuming my mind. This frees me up to be in the moment rather than consuming myself with the worry of what's next. I have the notes on the pages to jot down reminders of what I need to take care of in the days to come as I schedule out my day. I can take those into consideration. I can decide which task goes on which day and I take care of them in a time appropriate manner. This way I'm literally not worried about tomorrow because my day in front of me has enough to think about and that's when I am able to just focus on the task in front of me. This simple concept of writing down what I need to take care of and then prioritizing when I will get to it completely frees me up mentally. And and here's an example of what this looks like. Okay, if I'm writing it down, if I'm structured, if I'm organized, if I'm getting it out of my head and it's not taking up all that mental space and say I'm at my desk following up with some emails because that's what I'm doing in that moment and it's on my calendar for the day of tasks, the things to take care of, and my mind begins to drift to what I have to do next, all of a sudden, the stress knots in my stomach start to build. Well, because I have already written down what's next, I speak to that stress and I remind myself that I already wrote it down. I don't need to think about it. From there, I put my focus back on the task in front of me and I instantly feel lighter. If I'm in my garage working out, yes, I work out of my garage. I'm not a gym person. I don't like gym memberships. I love working out by myself. It's weird, I know, but for the last 20 years, it's worked for me. And so I've got this little corner in the garage. I bought a big old, you don't even need expensive and fancy, okay? I bought uh, the start of my big gym equipment with all these plates and bars and, you know, the the weight bench and things like that. I got it at a garage sale over 10 years ago for $100 and I've just added to it over time. And then my when we remodeled our bathroom, we tore out the mirrors and I took those mirrors and my husband put them on the wall in the garage. <laughs> so, you know, we just build from there. But anyway, that's my gym. So let's say I'm in my garage working out and all of a sudden my mind starts drifting to all the things that I have to do next or what I need to do the following day. Those thoughts begin to take me out of the moment and all of a sudden I'm feeling the heaviness of life as my mind starts to race. And in those moments, I find that I'm not only not connecting with my workout, I'm kind of just going through the motions and the routine, not being very intentional at all, but I'm also stressed to get it finished. Let's be real. That doesn't benefit my well-being if a workout is going to stress me out. And if I'm not really putting in the effort into my fitness routine, I'm not really going to get the results that I could get. So it's almost just like it's really a time waster to be so consumed with worry and stress. And if I'm out there to take care of my physical well-being, but I'm also stressed about it, that kind of counteracts the point, right? It kind of like wipes out what I'm trying to do. And so here's what I get to do. I say, nope. You already wrote that down. That's for tomorrow. Right now you're taking time to take care of your body and you're going to be in this moment. Then I put my focus back on the worship music that I have playing. Yes, I work out to worship music. For me, I love it. I get lost in God's presence. I feel like taking care of my temple is an act of worship. This is the way I've been doing it for years and it works for me. I know some people like to have that like, you know, upbeat, get you rolling, but I prefer worship music, um, and I just enjoy the carved out time that I gave to myself. 
You see how this works? When I write down and plan out my day, giving myself structure and also accountability, I can keep my mind on track and only focus on the task in front of me or the person in front of me. This puts my full attention on what I'm taking care of in the moment without my head spinning. How many of us go through life, we can't even be present in the moment because our head is spinning constantly, consumed with the worry of what's next. When we don't plan things out and write them down, we can't help but store them in our minds. We have to. If we didn't, we forget what we need to take care of, right? So naturally, we would allow ourselves to have those lists of to-dos in our minds. How can we possibly be totally focused and in the moment while living that way? We can't. We naturally live with worry about tomorrow, all day, every day. It's so normal to live this way, right? It's almost normal to live this way. People don't even realize that's why they can't experience the peace that Jesus says belongs to us. That's when we start to develop a false belief system that says, once I get this stuff done, then I can relax. What if you could relax while you're taking care of your busy life? Could you imagine living in that kind of freedom? God desires for us to be present in the current moment with a continual peace and freedom. He does not want our minds so full of tomorrow we can't even enjoy the day. Not only does it cause stress and anxiety, it's impossible to remain connected to him. We cannot hear him when our minds are consumed, and it's in him we find peace. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Are you connecting with what I'm saying? When you are worried about everything you have to do, you cannot be in step with Jesus. How do I know this? Because when we're living life with him, we feel light and free. Remember Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus says this, Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You will not be able to find rest for your soul, your mind, or live with a lightness while simultaneously consumed with stress and worry. If the Bible says this is what our life with Jesus is supposed to feel like, then we are selling ourselves short by not pursuing him and experiencing everything he paid for. Why would you accept the anxieties and worries of this life when the Bible tells you that's not your burden to carry? When you think about it from this perspective, it almost seems ridiculous how often we say yes to stress and no to what we have through Jesus. But we call ourselves Jesus followers. No wonder the world isn't attracted to the light we're supposed to carry, right? We walk into the workplace, the grocery store, our kids' sports games with the same stress and complaints as those who don't know him. We don't look any different. We don't sound any different. Our life doesn't look any different. We're not reflecting for anything different. Do you see how we've adopted the patterns of this world into our Christian walk? And not only is it costing us peace and joy, it's actually potentially blocking the ones God has placed in our lives from seeing his light and feeling his presence that should be felt by others. When I am intentionally walking with Jesus, his peace is exuding from me and people feel it. People walk into my house and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel... I'm breathing. I, 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 walk, I walked into your house and I literally feel like I can breathe. I didn't even realize I was having a hard time breathing and holding my breath until they walk in and they feel this reprieve and they're like, whoa, 
what is that? I'm like, it's the presence of the Lord. It's the peace I live in. I, I probably have shared this story on my podcast before, so forgive me if you've heard it, but it's coming to my memory again. When I was at my 20-year reunion with my husband, um, this was several years ago, but somebody came up to me and she's like, man, I just want to be next to you. I, I want to hang out with you. I wish we lived closer. I feel so much peace when I'm standing next to you. It's the peace of Jesus in me that I'm walking in, that I'm yielding to in my life because I'm in step with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not making this up. People feel it. Not understanding this and living in those stress-filled cycles is why so many people set out to manufacture fruit in their lives because subconsciously we're believing that we have to try better and do better after they've snapped at somebody, after they've blown it. And trust me, I have snapped and I've blown it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to try harder. I'm not going to do better. I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to figure out what's going on in my life, what what I've piled on my plate that's consuming me, that's worrying me, that's causing me to live in stress and worry so that I end up snapping and I can't even manage my life well or be kind to the person in front of me. I know this cycle very well. And to this day, I have to keep myself in check because I can so easily slip back into this way of living if I'm not paying attention. Not only have I learned to be mindful of what my mind is full of, (laughs) I've learned to set up some very clear boundaries in my life in order to stay in this rhythm with Jesus and live under his sufficient grace. You see, his grace is sufficient for what he has designed us for and what he wills for our lives in each season, not for what we think is our responsibility. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork. Another translation says masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So we are all required to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before you thought of it, he planned it. And as we live in step with him, we will live out the purpose and plans he established in advance for us. Let's clarify a quick truth real quick, okay? If you call yourself a Christian and you believe the Bible is the word of God, then you should be applying it in all areas of your life. The Bible and Christianity is not reserved for Sunday. Entering into a relationship with Jesus is way more, it's a life-changing way of living that is supposed to have a very evident and positive effect on our everyday life. Every single day. The Bible is our playbook. It's literally the life manual we all jokingly say we wish we had. You know what I mean? We have one. It's the word of God and the lamp to our feet that lights up our path. So let's start utilizing this powerful manual that leads us to peace and joy. Amen? Back to boundaries. If we don't have boundaries established, we're going to find that it doesn't matter how much we write down what we have to take care of, and no matter how much we tell ourselves not to worry about tomorrow, we might be piling our life plates with way too many yeses, (laughs) and that's why we're unable to experience peace. This is why I believe it's vital to seek God first, just like the Bible says to. I believe as a believer, this is why so many Christians are not able to experience continual peace. We've compartmentalized our faith to only church things or a list of don'ts in our lives, and we don't even consider seeking God with our daily life or plans. In my book, Life is Muddy, I wrote, if we are genuinely honest with ourselves, we will find there's an underlining truth about the heaviness of our responsibilities. Our full plate is not necessarily filled with the things that God wanted us to put on it, but overflowing with what we ourselves have said yes to. Because it was a good idea, 
because the opportunity arose, because we were asked, because we're good at it, because it makes us look good, because it makes us feel good, because they need me to. So must be right, right? Did we check in with him first? Not every good idea is a God idea. Then we add even more to our plate without a yes from God, leading us to anxiety and stress that we wear daily, feeling as if this long list is ours to manage. This is what it feels like when we are led by man or self, not fully surrendered to the will of God and the leading of his spirit. A bad yes to a good thing will still knock us right out of peace and joy that's ours through Jesus. Or maybe it's not that we have said yes to too many things. We're just doing something that we weren't designed to do and we're relying on our human strength to live it out rather than a supernatural strength that keeps us in peace. Again, that's, that's a pull from my book, Life is Muddy. I've had to put this into practice in my own life. I've had to do it in so many ways, including being willing to let people down. Yeah, I've let people down because I've had to say no. Even though when I know I'm perfectly capable, it might be a good idea, but I didn't get the green light from God, so therefore I don't have the grace to do it. And I've learned and felt what it looks like to do things that I was not designed to do or something out of season. It's not worth the stress and anxiety. It's just not worth it. I've learned to say no. Even the other week, I was asked by a really, really good friend of mine. I absolutely love her, and she wanted me to speak at her women's event coming up next month. She wanted me to do one of the workshops and... After having a conversation with her, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I know I could bring something to that. I know I could really bring something that's going to benefit these these women that are going to be at the conference. And um, and I said, absolutely, I, I would love to say yes, but I'm going to pray through it first. I'm going to get a yes from God, make sure I have the grace to do it because I do have a lot going on in this season. And, you know, it's like, okay, A, that's a really good opportunity for me to share some of the things that I've learned that God has taught me. I'm called to speak. (laughs) And I've spoken many times in conferences and events and at churches and things like that. Um, So it seems like it's right in line with everything, right? And so I get off the phone with her and I'm just like going through my day and praying and, and, uh, just really just seeking God into it. I promised her before six o'clock, if it was a yes, I would have everything she needed, um, before her meeting that night. And, um, anyway, long story longer, right? (laughs) Or short story longer, whatever. Um, I prayed through it and I really sought God and I realized that while, um, many of these things I live out, I implement, and I live with, and I love to share, and I love to help, and I love to encourage women. This was a women's conference. Um, I am in a very different season of what God is wanting me to do, and in this season, I feel very strongly that I'm called to minister to the church, and he's given me some very clear um, responsibilities in this season, and I felt it was a no. And I had to let her down. And I'm not saying, no, I'm not speaking at any events anymore. It was just no to this one in particular. And um, that was hard. You know, I had to let down a really good friend. Um, and But I knew, like, I don't have God's grace to do this. I don't feel like this is what I'm supposed to say yes to in this season. And like I said, his grace is sufficient as long as we're living within the boundaries of his design and the season that we're in. So I had to say no. I write a lot about that um, 
that living in the rhythm of grace in my book, Ripple Effect, we go really deep into understanding what it looks like and what it feels like and a lot of the reasons why so many of us struggle to feel that light and free life that Jesus says is ours. So I'm going to pull a little bit from that book. Why why re-say it when it's already written out for you? Um, but I'm going to read Matthew 11, 29 through 30 again, but I'm going to read it in the message version because I love the picture that it paints. And this is the version that I put in my book in this particular chapter. So here we go. You ready? All right. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Notice he says we need to work with him. Again, this is my book, Ripple Effect, okay? The tendency is to work things in our own strength, asking him for his help, but running at full speed ahead, leaving him in the dust. We have convinced ourselves that we are connected to the vine because we believe in Jesus, we love God, we go to church, but we have compartmentalized what it means to actually get away with him and learn his ways. In short, we're working without him, not with him. God's grace is sufficient for what he wants us to do, not what we want to do to accomplish all the obligations that come at us in a day. So it is important to check in with what's going on in the pit of our bellies and our chest. Are we feeling heavy, burdened, stressed out, struggling to take a breath? If I'm overwhelmed with my responsibilities or I have a heaviness or dread over me, I check in with the things that I've piled on my plate. Have I said yes to too many things? Am I doing something in this season that I'm not meant to? Most likely. I have to sift through everything that I've piled on my plate Invite God to speak into each area of my life and have the willingness to let go of some things in order to live in the lightness that Jesus promises is mine. If we don't evaluate what's going on in our minds and hearts, then we practically beg Jesus to help us when in reality we have to do some letting go in practical ways. Sometimes life pressures can make us feel like we need to take on more than God is requiring of us and we don't have his grace covering to walk it out. This is where life becomes heavy and overwhelming. Paying attention to what we're feeling is vital. Are we light and free or burdened and overwhelmed? Get away with Jesus and yield to what he has to say. Many of us would be surprised at how many things we've said yes to that God didn't give us the grace to accomplish, and that's why we're under pressure all the time, making commitments that are outside of what God has for us in season. Sometimes we've said yes to things we feel is right, leaning on our human understanding, but the heaviness and anxiety as the outcome could really be God's way of getting our attention that it's not what he wants us to do. I think a lot of us can relate to that kind of living. Am I right? Okay, I'm going to wrap this up in a neat little package for you to take home today, okay? You ready? Number one, seek God first and invite him into your scheduling. Understand the season you're in and get a vision from him. This is going to help you establish the boundaries so that you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. You don't have to be legalistic about it. God has course changes for us. There's times where I think it's a yes and it ends up being a no and vice versa. You don't, you know, just the truth is, is when we're truly partnering with the Holy Spirit and learning what it feels like to live life with him, it's easy to feel his nudges and prompts. We know when we're out of step with him pretty quickly because the peace starts to fade and the heaviness sets in. So remember, his fruit should be effortlessly flowing in us and through us. I talk about this a lot in both of my books and several podcasts. So feel free to sift through those things. I think they're excellent resources. 
I know they're excellent resources. They're proven to be true. They work in my own life. And like I said, the lives that I've also come alongside. Um, and number two, okay, we're going to move on to number two. I'm not going to re say everything. So we've got number one, we've got seek God first, get a vision, know your season, right? Establish some boundaries. Number two, this is a little bonus. We didn't talk about it, but it's coming to my mind right now. So how much time are you on your phone? (laughs) I'm going to give you a little challenge, okay? Go to your little settings, go to the apps and the times and see how much time you're on the phone and look at all the little apps that you click on and spend time on each day and add it up. Okay, just do it. Be brave. Be willing to actually look at where you're spending your time. Add it all up and now consider how much you could have taken care of when you add up all that time. You're going to find out very quickly if you're living to be entertained and you're unfocused or with purpose and whether or not you really don't have enough hours in your day to accomplish your life or you just lose your focus way too often. These phones can really be a trap. For me, I won't open a text if I'm in the middle of doing something. These smartphones, again, they can be so beneficial or they can be a multitasking trap that keeps us filled with anxiety and stress. I know when I'm doing too many things at once where I'm trying to do something and then I'm responding to a text and I'm answering my phone and boom, there's an email and oh, notification, oh, what's going on? And all of a sudden, I'm doing five different things alongside the task in front of me or the person talking to me, and I feel like I'm ready to like totally combust. I have to be honest with myself. I'm, I'm, I'm falling into the phone trap, and I need to stop. So I've had to train myself. I still do. I still have to be accountable, ac- accountable to this. It's so easy to fall into it. But I have to wait until I have a free moment, and then I open up a text, and I give that person a response because I'm available to I don't open it if I can't give the space because I'm sure I'm not alone in this. How many times do you open up that text, you don't have time to respond, and then you totally forget, and a week later, you want to text them, and you're like, oh, they asked me a question a week ago, and I never replied, but I opened the text. So see, I like those little dots on my phone that tell me I have not uh, responded to it yet, and I'm going to respond to it later. I'm not going to live with the pressure to do it in the moment. I have learned to be okay if my response is not in the same day. Seriously, why do we feel obligated to be readily available 24-7 to everyone, everything, every notification, including our tasks and our responsibilities? It's too much. It is too much. We need to undo this trap. We need to undo this multitasking, overwhelming, staying plugged into too many people and too many things all day long. Undoing these bad habits is going to literally lead you to a well of peace. I promise it's time to reorganize and restructure and realize that your phone can be a powerful tool or a powerful trap. And you need to pick which one you're going to use it for. And lastly, number three, write it down. In a tablet, in a notebook, in a journal, on a calendar, whatever works for you. Like I shared with you, it's the old school spiral calendar and I told you what needs to be in it, but learn what works for you. Write it down, have sticky notes, put it all over your computer, whatever you need to do, get it out of your head and get it on paper. I literally make my daily calendar scheduling part of my Jesus time in the morning. 
you can think it's crazy and maybe over-spiritualizing. I've been accused of that. (laughs) But I've had many seasons of some crazy juggling in my life, and this method has literally unlocked the grace I need and such incredible peace and joy in my crazy, busy life. Why would I even buy into the idea that inviting Jesus into my daily tasks is over-spiritualizing anything? rather than tapping into this incredible light and free life that Jesus paid for. He said to get away with him. Are we getting away with him? He said to learn from him. Are you learning from him? This is why I look at it so practically. In my Jesus time, my devotional time, my prayer time, my worship time, before my day gets rolling, I pull out my calendar and I look at all my tasks and I'm literally praying through my day and I'm writing down the daily tasks according to what's highlighting to me through the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, when I stay structured and organized and when I actually keep this consistently in my life, I find that I get way more done than I would have in a day that I didn't do this. And I'm actually walking through my day light, free, and happy. Believe it or not, my crazy busy days, light, free, and happy. I know my family feels a difference. (laughs) Um, But not only that, I find that I actually have more time for those, like, blindsiding moments that come in that you didn't expect, that you didn't plan out. It's like there's actually time for it because his grace is sufficient to manage it. It's you're not you're not just trying to play catch up all day long, you know, worried about getting stuck between all the red lights, which I always get all the red lights. I don't know about you, but it doesn't matter. I can leave 30 minutes early. I can leave 10 minutes late. I I don't know. I get all the red lights. It's ridiculous, but whatever. I, I have a choice to remain in peace based on trusting that God has already gone before me. His grace is sufficient and I don't need to, I don't need to worry. I don't need to be worried about what's next. I just need to be in the moment and trust that God's got my back. How many times have you been stuck in traffic and you're all bent out of shape and then all of a sudden you see, you know, five miles up ahead an accident and it's like, you were running late to get out the door and you were all stressed out and worried and then stuck in traffic, come to realize if you would have left on time, you would have been in that accident. I know I've experienced that so many times. Not that I want somebody else to be in that accident. (laughs) I absolutely pray for the person that I see on the side of the road. But I, I know that I felt those moments where I'm like, wow, I was stressed out feeling late, but I felt protected in that moment. We need to be aware that God's grace is sufficient and stop living under the worries of this life, worried about the next, worried about tomorrow, and tap into the life that Jesus paid for. Life with him is supposed to feel different than life without him. You have to contend for that life, implement some letting go, and invite him in to get there. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please 
I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.